Good morning and welcome to Walk and Talk. This is day three, episode three, and uh, I've got my new headphones today, so the audio quality should be a bit better. Um, I can't really hear myself, so it's hard to know, but I guess we will find out when I'm done with today's recording and can listen back for a second, and you already know, so you might be ahead of me on that. Um, But good news is today I was able to get out of the house and start my walk before checking my phone, which was sort of the original goal and the original motivator for doing all of this in the first place. A little bit sleepy, didn't get uh, an excellent night's sleep last night, but uh, sort of ironically after spending the whole episode two talking all about sleep, but sleep is a weird thing, and no matter how much you know, how much you want to sleep, or when you want to sleep, or all the right things to do to get a good night's sleep, uh, sometimes it's not quite up to you, so decent night's sleep, but uh, if I'm going to be doing this every weekday, or anything close to that, some days I'll need to record when I'm not feeling tip-top, so it's fine. Um, I do have a couple of things that I wanted to talk about this morning that I think can be pretty interesting. Uh, Before I do that, just a reminder, um, eventually I will get to the queue of questions um, that people have submitted on Twitter and Farcaster. And uh, if you want to send me any questions, please do so by email, uh, jake at blogofjake.com, or DM me on Twitter, or Farcaster at 0FJAKE. Um, the first thing I wanted to start with is this idea that I had. This is sort of like a new format. You know, I can be I can be answering questions as I just solicited. I can just talk about a topic like I did yesterday with sleep that I've already thought quite a bit about. Um, or I can sort of use this as an arena and an opportunity to think about something new that I haven't thought about and just brainstorm it. And before I get started on that, I think, you know, my, my projection of how that will go, what could go great, what could go wrong is, you know, the good part is it's kind of cool for me at least and maybe for you to see how an idea is sort of thought about, um, from zero to one or from zero to wherever it gets to, if it's not one, um, and just hear like the thought and the, the iteration process and considerations and things like that. The downside is that it's sort of hard to do that with like a free flowing, um, you know, talking that, that is sort of nonstop without like sort of pausing and thinking. And so I probably, I would, I would imagine I sort of will be pausing and thinking a bit, and I don't know how that will be as like a listening experience. Um, I do know that this app that I'm using to record this call-in is um, somewhat interesting in that it has this feature, has a couple features, but one of them is that it sort of, you can toggle a button which automatically, for the recorded version of the uh of the episode, it, it automatically like removes uh, the silent gaps 
if there are any. And so I don't really know how that works or sounds, but I thought it was a pretty cool feature, and uh, maybe that'll help for this particular type of episode if, if it does end up being that there's a number of gaps. And I should note, I just got passed by a pretty loud bus, so if you did not hear that, then these headphones are working quite well. Um, the whole selling point was that they cancel outside noise, like they're specifically intended for taking calls, um, I mean, among other things, but they're sort of top-ranked. Like, the, the use case that I was looking for was ability to take calls with high audio quality while outside or in a busy place or whatever. And uh, the ones I ended up getting are the Bose 700. So that's what I'm wearing now. They're wireless over-the-ear headphones. I actually, like, almost never use over-the-ear over the headphones. Um, I use them for recording my podcast and my microphone. But other than that, I've never been an over-the-ears guy for whatever reason. Um, maybe it's like a coder thing, but uh, I don't know. It, it only, I, I'll reserve judgment, but I've been more of an AirPods guy for the last several years and uh, recently got into the bone conduction or bone conductor headphones. The pair I have, I think, are called Aftershocks. They're like 100 bucks or something like that. And they're really good for running. Um, you don't have to put them, you know, they don't go in your ears. They just sort of like sit on the sides of your head and uh, play music barely audibly out loud for others who are like walking by you. Um, but I guess a combination of that, like, you know, uh, quiet, quieter playing of the music or whatever it is. And then whatever it's doing with the bone conduction is it ends up being pretty good audio quality. Actually, it's not like amazing or anything. Obviously, it's not in your ears, but it's um, definitely works. And I listen to podcasts when I run most of the time. So certainly for like a talk track, as opposed to music, I don't think you really miss the quality. And same goes for a phone call. Um, so anyway, though, n none of those were really good for this use case of recording the uh the walk and talk so I wanted to get a new pair of headphones with a good microphone and I can maybe get one that has like an actual microphone sticking out of it if that turns out to be materially better and this isn't that good but went with the Bose 700 the other option was like a Sony 1500 or 1800 or something like that that was also pretty positively reviewed um, there were some Bose in-ears that got some decent reviews the AirPod Maxes, the over-the-ears got not that good reviews, honestly, for this particular use case. I'm sure the audio quality for listening to music and stuff is probably amazing, but um, they're a bit more expensive, and if I was being honest, they just did not match up to the Bose or the Sony in terms of, um, you know, this particular use case of canceling outside noise when you're in a busy place and enabling good audio quality for uh, your voice that you're you're putting into it. So went with the Bose, and we'll see how it goes. Um, what was the next thing I was going to talk about? Um, right, so this morning as I put the Bose headphones on and, uh, you know, saw myself in the mirror as I was, uh, heading outside, it occurred to me, it was sort of a, a, a somewhat novel look for me, believe it or not, because again, I, you know, when I'm recording my podcast, I don't really see myself ever with my headphones on, 
So, you know, I could probably count on one hand uh, at most the number of times in my life that I've sort of seen myself with over-the-ear headphones on. Um, I think that's what they're called, right? I don't know. Um, you know what I'm talking about. And, uh, and so looking at myself like that for a second, I realized for whatever reason that like, and I guess these sort of have like a modern look to them. And I just, uh, it occurred to me that this assumption that a lot of people I think are making that, um, you know, there's obviously VR with Oculus and it's this big sort of weighty headset. And I know they're supposedly coming out with a new version in like a month or two, I think in October or Q4 2022, roughly. Um, Zuck was just on Joe Rogan and I haven't listened to the whole episode, but I listened to a piece of it and, um, you know, that was discussed and, uh, just crossing the road. Um, and, you know, so there's, there's these sort of bulky, um, VR headphones, I mean, VR, uh, headsets. And then the assumption is that we're headed towards a place where we'll have, you know, AR glasses, um, where, you know, the real world in front of you and around you and some virtual sort of hologramish version of the world can be overlaid and superimposed. And um, there's some pretty cool applications that can arise out of that. And it basically, and so, you know, Mark was talking about how like, well, we can't really do that in the form factor of a pair of glasses right now. So we need to sort of like work from both ends. We'll continue to work on VR with Oculus, with the headset. And in parallel, we'll work on, uh, like, you know, what the best that we can do with glasses, uh, whatever that is. And then eventually sort of the two, even though they're utilizing different technologies, should start to sort of converge upon one another. Or at least we can start to think about how we might be able to enable um, a real pair of highly functional AR glasses and um, start to enable all of the applications that one can envision or science fiction might have envisioned um for a technology like that and a product like that but i realized this morning looking at, at myself with these headphones on why it, it doesn't make any sense if you think about it to me there's maybe one good reason i can think of but why would the ar headset quote unquote um which is assumed to be look like a pair of glasses why would that look like a pair of glasses as we know them today? Um, I don't know when glasses were invented, but I don't wear glasses. Uh, a lot of people wear glasses. Uh, you know, people wear sunglasses, but I'm talking about normal glasses because these are theoretically something that you would wear, like, inside or much more frequently. You would, for example, perhaps put them on and not need a laptop or desktop or computer to work or a keyboard or a mouse or anything. Everything could be, you know, uh, a visual in AR. And uh, there's really, you know, all you're using is like your eyes and you're sitting and you're using your hands. You probably still need the chair because you need something to sit on. Um, but you don't, I mean, even if you 
you know, some people have standing desks or walking desks if you want to. If you're one of those few people who has like a treadmill at their desk and a walking desk and you're comfortable working that way, you could probably theoretically like go to the park, put on your pair of AR glasses, have your entire computer set up just as you like it, um, you know, right in front of you, and it'll just move along with you perfectly as you walk, and you can do your emails or go in Excel or make PowerPoint or go on the internet or whatever you do. Um, so anyway, the assumption is that all of this will be enabled through a pair of glasses because I think basically the one big reason for that is like, you know, everyone is used to either seeing people wearing glasses or wearing glasses themselves. It would look quite odd to have everyone walking around and for example, the current version of the Oculus Quest, um, you know, it's just like this big bulky thing over your eyes with a strap over your head. It like, it's just like not a good look, basically. And I mean, it's just weird. Um, and it's fine in the comfort of your own home for going into VR. Like, it works great. Um, I think they should still lighten it up for the purpose of like, if you're going to go in there and like do exercise or something, um, it's not really comfortable for that, for me at least. I haven't really tried it actually, but I have worn them and used them for other things, and I couldn't imagine like, you know, doing like a boxing match or uh, any sort of really active thing in place, yoga or uh, you know, running or anything like that with this headset on. It was just sweating with that thing over my eyes. It just doesn't seem like it would be good. Uh, as an aside, I don't know why, but the thing actually sort of like makes my eyes itchy as it is uh, without doing any activity. So I, I saw Facebook put out something about like, you can return these if they're giving you problems with like itchy eyes or something along those lines. And I sort of failed to capitalize upon that. I, I don't think I realized at the time that I was having that issue. Um, so I don't know. But And Oculus is weird because it's like, it's such a wow moment when you put them on for the first time and try anything, basically, uh, like their little demo that they do or talking to a little alien or picking things up and throwing them, putting them down and throwing paper airplanes or whatever it is. Um, but at least for me personally, and I think a lot of people, you sort of have that wow moment or a few wow moments and then you just like never go back, like or at least very rarely go back. I think part of that is because there's not a critical mass of people in there that you know. Uh, there is a critical mass of people, I would argue. Like, there's there's a bunch of people that are using these things. but And maybe it's not, quote-unquote, critical mass, but it's a lot of people, more than you would need um, to have a good time. But you sort of, like, you know, why are you... Imagine, you know, using the Discord app or your Messages app or WhatsApp or going on Instagram or Facebook or TikTok or Instagram... TikTok might be a bad example, actually, but going on a lot of these apps without knowing anyone on them, like, you just probably wouldn't. I mean, you could follow, like, celebrities, I guess, and stuff like that. And maybe if there were celebrities in Oculus, you would go in there, too. Probably would. Um, or at least more people would. But, you know, that, that's why I said TikTok's a bad example, because I feel like a lot of people use that without really following people that they know. I'm not super familiar, but... I think you could just like follow the popular accounts and whatnot, but like Snapchat, you wouldn't use if you didn't have friends in there. Um, and messaging apps, you certainly wouldn't use if you didn't have friends to message. And so while VR and, and Oculus can be 
a single player game. I think it's the whole thing is about like virtual presence. And so the point of that, I think first and foremost is like to be with people um, in this virtual way. And so you don't, if you don't have people that you know in there, you know, for the same reason, most people don't go into a random bar by themselves and try to meet strangers. Um, you don't go into Oculus and, uh, or put on your quest and go in and try to meet a bunch of random people. You want to go in and see your friends and hang out with your friends and play games with your friends and not just friends, but also like coworkers and things like this. Um, so anyway, that's just like a short, short, uh, rationale, I think, for why it hasn't completely taken off yet. But I think it's probably done quite a bit better than most people think. Like VR has been talked about for a while and Sometimes when that happens, people sort of lose faith, like sort of with autonomous driving as well. They're like, oh, you know, this has been supposed to be big next year for 10 years, and it's still not big, so probably won't be. But I don't think that's a good or reasonable assumption to make, I think. Um, I would actually, you know, I, I think autonomous cars are, are hopefully still coming. I, I think that's actually a really important issue because road traffic accidents are actually... I don't, I don't think, I don't know if most people know this, but it's been on my radar for a while. Like, road traffic accidents are the most common reason for death for people within, I forget exactly what the age range is, but like some maybe around like 20 to 40 or something like that. Uh, I think it's actually quite a bit larger of a range than that, but basically like this whole large period of life in terms of age the most common form of death is road traffic accidents. And it's not all car accidents being in a car and, and uh, you know, getting in a fatal accident, but uh, it's motorcycles and pedestrians and things like this. But generally, automating our, um, you know, road traffic system and uh, making everything autonomous and therefore removing human error and replacing it with like robot error to the extent that there is some, um, you can sort of calculate that. And not that you can't calculate human error, you know, you take the data and you run the numbers, but um, you can also improve upon that. And there was an encouraging report from Tesla. This was like, I don't know, two or three years ago at least. Um, and they uh, they put out that like, within certain conditions, which is, you know, a, a big asterisk, but within certain conditions, their, like, uh, accident rate for their autonomous vehicles was, like, one-tenth of what the accident rate is for, you know, regular people driving regular cars. And I just thought that was insane. And unfortunately, like, I don't think that's actually enough even to mass market the thing as autonomous driving, even if that was, you know, not just in special conditions, but in all conditions, it's going to be really hard from a PR standpoint for Tesla, which is already a very controversial company. And, you know, because of Elon being a very controversial figure, among other reasons, uh, people think it's overvalued and things like that. Lots of big money being incentivized to kill it from local car dealerships, which was sort of their first battle, I think, because they were doing their own distribution. So local car dealerships were angry to big oil um, because they're threatening 
a lot of that industry um, to potentially the trucking industry if they have you know self-driving trucks put all the truckers out of work the unions get upset um, there's like a laundry list of these uh, these sort of big pools of money that would love to see Tesla die, including a bunch of people in finance. So um, if they make any error, the world is all over them. And if you have a crash rate, a tenth of that which the normal world of driving cars has, and, um, you know, let's assume the same number, the same proportion of those, or percentage proportional of those, uh, 10% 10% of accidents are fatal, as are the human crashes. Uh, you're going to have a lot, a lot of people dying, like every day, um, you know, in the U.S., all around the world, in these autonomous Tesla crashes. And um, that's probably not an acceptable threshold that you'll be able to get through the media, no matter how rational it is, to say, look, if we convert fully to this, and, you know, this technology is getting better, so everything will get better and the deaths will go down and the crash rate will go down. But r- even right now, we're basically 10 times better preventing 90% uh, of the deaths that are currently happening if we subbed, you know, all these autonomous vehicles for all of human driving regular cars. Um, even though that's like a very rational point, you'll get people who are saying, you know, these robots are killing us, and uh, and I, I mean I don't mean mean to make it sound like a, a crazy crazy argument. It's I can see if you're like the best driver in the world, that's another thing. Like if you're the best driver, you think you're the best driver. There's a lot more people who probably think they're the best driver than actually are. But um, either you know, so long as you think you're the best driver, you're like you know I want to take my chances in my own hands. Like I've never been in a crash in my life. I've been driving 30 years. Uh, like, hell no, I'm, I'm not putting my my life up to odds uh, that this robot makes an error or whatever or hits an environment that it hasn't hit before and crashes and I die as a result. And I can sort of sympathize with that. Um, but the reality is, like, you can be the best driver in the world and doing absolutely nothing wrong and being very cautious and you're driving about your business through an intersection and someone runs a red light, uh, 100% their fault. You're doing absolutely nothing wrong and they broadside you and you're dead. So, you know, it's not like an insult, like you should use this autonomous car because you're not a good driver and you're going to get into an accident. It's just there are bad drivers out there or there are good drivers who make very infrequent, perhaps once-in-a-lifetime mistakes on the road that turn out to be extremely costly and, you know, at most fatal. And uh, so anyway, I'm really looking forward to a world in which we have um, autonomous vehicles and generally all of road traffic is sort of autonomous. There can be, you know, bikes or whatever, trains and cars and hyperloops and flying cars or whatever, um, skateboards and scooters and mopeds and everything. And uh, just building in some robot-controlled safety, basically, 
where you can walk around or drive around or scoot around and, um, you know, be confident that you are safe. Uh, and most people are sort of already are confident because they're sort of ignorant about, not in a bad way, they just don't know um, the stats on how many people die as a result of road traffic accidents. But, uh, you know, it's certainly, I think about it a lot, like for better or worse, I, you know, for better in that I'm, I try to be careful on the road, but for worse in that it's just like this, it's sort of like a fear. It's not like, you know, overwhelming. It doesn't stop me from walking or anything, but um, I just am conscious of the fact every time that I'm walking around the city that this is actually like quite a dangerous activity in the aggregate. Um, And again, you know, it doesn't stop me at all. Like I, I walk probably more than like, and I don't know, it sort of goes up and down. And now if I'm doing this show, even just walking 30 minutes a day, I think is probably more than like, I don't know, 80, 90 percent of people. Uh, and, you know, I'm adding that to whatever sort of normal walking I do as someone who lives in a city, which is already, you know, more than a ton of people as well um, in terms of going to the store, walking to the store instead of driving things like that. Um, of course, there's farmers and people who work outside and things that are people who play sports and whatnot who get a whole lot more steps in. But uh, I do a, a lot of, and you know, it's not dangerous to walk around a farm. So I do a lot more of like exposed city walking than most people. And so I just think about it quite a bit and uh, I'm looking forward to autonomous vehicles. Uh, looping back, I was talking about how people assume that you know something that's been hyped for several years or longer, if it doesn't show up year after year, people assume it's not coming. That's what got me on the whole autonomous cars tangent. Um, but the other thing I was talking about was VR, uh, which has been talked about for quite a long time. And uh, you know, Facebook was ridiculed when it acquired Oculus back whenever that was. Like everyone thought VR was dead at that point. Um, and it's just sort of gone through these hype cycles. People get excited and then, um, you know, unexcited basically and, and doubtful that anything's ever going to happen. Same thing with crypto. Um, all these things come and go in, in hype cycles, but eventually I think they come, uh, most, mostly. Uh, and so with VR, um, you know, I do think it's coming and it's sort of been rebranded a little bit. We'll see if that sticks, but people are calling it like the metaverse. I don't really think of the metaverse as like totally analogous analogous with uh, VR. Um, VR to me seems like an AR. They, they seem like their own technologies within a, a more broadly defined metaverse where I think the metaverse you can sort of access it from your computer. It's like a digital universe. Um, in some sense, the internet that we already plug into is somewhat of a metaverse. It's just like web pages and things. Um, in a greater sense, I think like Halo 3 or something like that. I was not a huge video game guy, so I don't know all the better examples, but like World of Warcraft or whatever. These were, I think, from my perspective, you could call these metaverses or Fortnite or whatever. Um, 
And so it's not like a zero to one, you know, we have no metaverse and then one day we have full metaverse. Um, and, you know, Facebook's working on horizons with, within, uh, within Oculus and there's Mozilla hubs and, uh, some other ones as well, uh, like that on desktop and that you can access with your Oculus. Um, so all these things are cool and interesting. And I just think like, it's a spectrum and we're moving along it where the metaverse is just going to get like cooler and cooler and more and more engaging and more and more immersive, especially with the VR and AR. And so I think that's, that's where like VR and AR is just sort of a specific technology um, that is a little bit easier and like more tangible to talk about. If, you, if that's the part that you're talking about, if you are in fact talking about the whole metaverse and, crypto economy and things like this, then, you know, you call it the metaverse. You're not really just talking about like strictly VR, strictly AR at that point. Um, so anyway, I, I was thinking about, you know, getting back to the original point I was thinking about when I, when I had these headphones on, like, why should this AR world be enabled by glasses? Like I get it. They're small and not, you know, sort of, uh, intrusive, um, and people are used to wearing them, so it's proven that people will wear them. It's probably somewhat hard to prove that people will wear something uh, that they don't already wear, especially if it's anything meaningful uh, or sizable or looks a certain way or whatever. So I get that. Um, but, you know, I don't wear glasses inside, and I don't particularly want to. So, I, I mean, I will, but I, uh, I'm open to some, you know, new-looking thing. Uh, and again, you know, for the reasons described earlier, I, I don't want to put on the Oculus headset um, and like live my full days or any meaningful part of my days in one of those things. But what could a new, just thinking from scratch, what could the ideal AR device look like? And I thought um, with this over-the-ear headphones, like that might actually be sort of a decent place to start. Um, and of course, it, it might not end up looking anything like it, but you're starting from a different place. You're not starting from like, oh, you know, here's a pair of glasses and we're going to need to, um, you know, make the arms of the glasses a lot thicker and bigger or like put some attachments on them or whatever to enable, you know, the computing power and everything like that. Um, and you'll you'll bear with me as I'm not the most technical person in the world by any stretch, but I think most of the time I can sort of grok like what will eventually at least be possible. Um, maybe sometimes not, but uh, I sort of just like default to assuming things are possible and let people smarter than me go and figure it out. And so I'm not good at, at really... Uh, time frames other than just sort of getting a sense based on like what people are writing about and what people are talking about and what I'm seeing actually in production and uh, you know, things like that. Um, but I don't think anyone's really that good at timing. Uh, once it gets to more than, you know, two or three years out where it's usually pretty not easy, but like self-driving cars is an example or whatever. Those have been two or three years out for however many years, more than two or three. Like if you just sort of follow the narrative of what like Elon himself is saying and things like that. 
and he's not just you know he's he's saying this and it like actually impacts the company or whatever um but once it gets to something that is you know maybe 10 years out or maybe 15 years out or maybe 20 years out or further it becomes very difficult i think for most anyone to project when a given technology may be possible just given that it's very hard to anticipate or certainly know with any high degree of certainty um, what is going to occur over the time between now and whatever your projection is. Because, um, you know, things can get better and then things can get faster or they cannot or whatever. Um, so I was just thinking, you know, from a very, like, simple point of view, you know, maybe instead of glasses, like the first assumption with glasses that I would break when I think about it from scratch is, why do I need like these two things, uh, you know, these two different frames, one for each of my eyes that is, uh, that is, you know, sitting and resting on a, resting on the bridge of my nose. Um, can I not just have one full transparent screen that goes, you know, in front of my face, like sort of one of those like pairs of, uh, visor glasses or I don't know what you would call those but like those big funky looking glasses that like sometimes like a baseball player like an outfielder will wear it's just like a big sort of screen in front of their eyes um so I wonder if that could be better than a pair of glasses already and even if you keep everything else about a pair of glasses you just have it be one flat screen or it doesn't have to be flat it'd be curved or whatever but um probably will probably would be curved but not like two separate small little frames i think that sounds already like it would probably be better and then you know you don't have to have things over your ears but it would probably enable quite a bit more sophistication in terms of sound as well as just quality so with quest uh the oculus that currently, like, you know, nothing is in your ears. It's, um, there's, like, some little speakers in the back or whatever, and it sounds fine. It's, like, totally immersive when you go in the thing, and, um, you know, your your whole visual sense is within this, you know, vi- uh, virtual world, and the sound is plenty good enough that, like, you know, you're not, you, you feel like you're in there. Uh, the sound is not drawing you back from feeling that you're in there. But if a dog starts barking in the room or something like that, um, that would sort of break your sense of presence in the virtual world. You'd be like, you know, what's that? Oh, that's in my real world. That's in my real, that's you know, where, my, where my body is or whatever. However people refer to that in the future. Um, and so over the ear could be helpful, probably a nice to have and not a need to have, but you know, also, if you want to have, like, all sorts of, like, depths of sound, um, like, Mozilla Hubs actually already has this. If you go in and join a virtual world in there, um, you know, there's depth of sound where, or whatever you call that, where, you know, if you're having a conversation with someone and your avatar is up close to them, you can hear them as if you are sort of close to them. And if they're behind you, you can hear them as if they're behind you. And if people are having another conversation far away, you can either hear it off in the distance or not at all, depending on how far they are and if someone's talking in front of you and all of these things. And um, 
you would think that in a sophisticated VR environment, that's sort of a prereq. And so you don't necessarily need over-the-ear headphones, but you probably need headphones of some sort. Um, so, and, and just on the point of headphones, and uh, and there's a ton of dogs barking now. So, again, if you can't hear that, these things are pretty good. And if you can, you know, there's your dogs. And, and those are the guys who are uh, interrupting your VR experience if you're in one. Um, but just talking about headphones for a second... Um, I've always thought with, or maybe not always, but for a while, I've thought like, again, sort of the benefit of not really understanding the, uh, the technical limits and things like this. I just sort of go like all the way out, like in the, in the, um, you know, eventuality of time or whatever you want to, in the fullness of time, how will these devices look? And I imagine that the headphones would be something like a little sticker that you put on um, like your ear or like in your ear or something like that, like something that small that your ear is still basically open, but there's something that's sort of like in there just um, controlling all of the sound, noise canceling and noise producing and everything like that. And then from the visual perspective, I thought, you know, I think the ultimate thing really in the end would be uh, comparable to a pair of contact lenses. Um, although on second thought, you know, that is, you wouldn't be able to know that someone is wearing them, which is pretty cool. There's no appearance to them. Um, but I don't wear contacts and never have and don't particularly want to. So you would sort of have to get people over that hump of like, this thing is worthwhile enough and contacts are by far the best option. Um, and some people, I guess, could still choose to wear glasses and we'd end up in a world that sort of funny enough is similar today where some people wear contacts and some people wear glasses. Um, but returning to the glasses analogy, I don't think that, or not the glasses analogy, but the model, um, I sort of doubt that that's going to be the winner. Uh, and to hear that that's sort of where Facebook is working towards, or at least from the sound of it, where they're working towards. Um, maybe I misunderstood, but maybe Facebook's not the winner. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think like a, a one screen thing and maybe some over ear and maybe it's like a band that like goes behind your head where like the computing is stored. So it's just sort of like this thing that, uh, you know, current like over the ear headphones sort of have this thing that sit on top of your head. I think that just like kind of looks bad, like not good enough to wear all the time, but there may be something that sort of like latches on to the back of your head, like under the back of your head or some, something like that. And, you know, affixes these headphones over your ears and then has some kind of screen over your eyes, um, something transparent that then the headphones, I don't know exactly how this stuff is all supposed to work, but um, it sounds like there's going to be some sort of like projecting mechanism um, and uh, like for the, for the visuals. And so maybe that's sort of coming from the, the ears or like the, the, the headphones over your ears or there's, um, you know, maybe there's a frame 
just like on sunglasses, there's a frame on uh, the screen in front of your, or, or the, you know, whatever you want to call it in front of your eyes. And it's coming from that or some combination of both. I would think that that should sort of replace both of the, like all of the opportunities you would have with the normal pair of glasses example, um, frames. And basically instead of the arms you would have uh, of the glasses, you would have the, uh, well, you, you might still have some sort of arms, but ideally it would sort of be like all screen through your peripherals. And, um, and the, uh, you know, your, your headphones would have the projecting capability and whatever, in addition to the frames of the screen. And the screen could be like a lot larger than sunglass frames, I think, or not sunglass, regular glasses frames, I think, because the gla the regular glasses frames just like, doesn't seem like you, you're sort of boxing out a lot of the peripheral world from being, you know, AR-ified or whatever you want to call it. Um, whereas if you have a, a larger screen that I think could be just as non-intrusive, um, you're bringing all of that extra sort of frame space into frame and enabling the AR to, you know, get after it and do what it does. So I don't know. I, I Someone would have to, like, draw a bunch of models of this or something. But... I just thought it was interesting to think outside of, okay, there's the current headset, and then there's glasses as we know them, and we're starting from both ends and may converge somewhere in the middle, but from the sound of Zuck's conversation, like he generally wants to get to the form factor of like glasses. And I just don't know if that's really the ultimate destination, and there's obviously still a lot of work to do, and obviously, you know, this is no disrespect to Zuck, who is much, much, much smarter than I, um, especially in this domain. Um, but nonetheless, some people can sort of get fixed on an idea or something and um, in the day-to-day -day busyness of everything, not think, you know, outside of the box enough or whatever, um, be biased by one success and things like this. Um, so I don't know. Uh, what do you think? You know, you can... Uh, DM me on uh, Twitter or Farcaster. Shoot me an email to jake at blogofjake.com and uh, let me know or, you know, tweet something and tag me on it or whatever you want to do. Um, but I think it would be interesting to come up with some models for what the ultimate AR headset would be. Um, and maybe, you know, VR as well, although that has less limitations because you can just sort of like if you're going in it fully, it doesn't need to be as mobile and whatnot, um, probably. Or at least you don't need to be, like, seen in public with it necessarily. Um, so anyway, that is uh, – I'll cut it there. I've been on long enough. Um, that is the morning recording um, for today, day three. Thank you for joining. Thank you for listening. Send me your questions. Let me know what you think about this VR, AR thing. Excuse any ignorance in the technical talk. Uh, just doing what I can and thinking out loud. Um, but appreciate you coming on and joining me. And, uh, you know, stay tuned. We'll have episode four of Walk and Talk tomorrow. Um, and I'm looking forward to it. All right. Have a great day.